0: The Business Growth Podcast by legendary entrepreneur Dan Bradbury gives you the best strategies to grow a profitable, sustainable company that isn't dependent on you. Whether it be how to hire and lead a world class team, business finance, marketing, time management, growth through acquisition, or maximizing your company's value before you exit, this podcast is for you. And now, your host for the Business Growth Podcast, Dan Bradbury.
1: Hey guys, welcome to the Business Growth Podcast uh, with Dan Bradbury and Ed Taylor, and um, where we believe if you want a better business, you need to be a better business owner. So this is about taking your questions, learning how to expand, grow, and build your mindset, your skill set to have a better
0: business. So, on with the questions. Brilliant, okay, first one comes in from a Mastermind member, Arthur. What's the best way to get a new staff member prepared for success? So the ideal to ideal way to onboard them, if you will.
1: Yeah. Um, so great question, Arthur. I I think that your team are your highest leverage, right? I mean, if, if you think about it, I, I think it, there's the recruitment and then there's the onboarding. Recruiting first of all, I think a great book on this topic is uh, the book of Who by Jeff Smart. It's great about recruiting the right people because I can make a case for. The only job, or the most important job you've got as an MD, as a leader of a company, is to hire A payers Top performers. But then, because by the way, how do most small businesses hi- owners hire? They they, they get desperate friends, for a job. So yeah, well, yeah, they get desperate, yeah. and then they go to friends of friends, so they've got a weak pool, or they put up a shitty job ad.
0: True.
1: Um, they get two. They get two people respond, or three people respond. One doesn't show up right so they get three responses invite all for interview one doesn't show up one shows up drunk so the other one gets the job right in other words it's hiring the least crappy person from a very small pool and then they wonder why they have employee issues uh, demotivation lying cheating stealing um uh, so you need to get deal flow so you need to learn how to recruit and a lot of small businesses if they put a fraction of the effort they put into the marketing and getting new clients, if you put that into marketing and attracting the right members of the team, that gives a massive leverage. However, if you're watching this, if you're listening to this, the chances are you've had an experience perhaps uh, where you went and got a job at some point or you know somebody that showed up and they show up to an empty desk and they're expected to kind of figure it out as they go along, right? So I, I, I'm clear that um, one of my... Uh, a coaching client of mine, a reciprocal coaching client, uh, uh, was a CEO of, a, uh, a hundred, still is a CEO, of a $100 million a year plus company. And uh, he's very clear that you, you, you hire for culture. You hire for somebody that's the right personality, the right value fit for the business. Because you can always train competency. But to be explicit, Arthur, make sure you've got a, a key onboarding plan. Nobody shows up to work wanting to do a shitty job, but a lot of people, they don't have a... Uh, they're not giving thought to how to onboard, how to get them up to speed, how to make sure that that enthusiasm they woke up with on the first day yeah. of um, uh, getting the new job, they've still got it 90 days later. And effectively, if you don't do that, you're drumming into them the not-to-care, like low, just apathetic bullshit. So Love it. So hired by
0: design, not by default.
1: That was said much more succinctly than I said, so <laughs> what,
0: what Ed said. Next question. Right, uh, in your opinion, what is the best way to
1: protect your wealth? So that's coming in from David by text. Yeah, great, so um, I, I think uh, when it comes to wealth, there's two things, there's well, there's three things, depending on how you break it down. Number one, there's the ability to earn money. You could say at a business level, this is driving sales. Mm-hmm. Like how effective are you at sweating your assets and be able to put in, uh, create a unique value proposition and articulate it? Yeah. But then it's how efficient you are um, uh, at turning those revenues into profits. That's mm-hmm. a different skill set, right? Being effective is kind of marketing, it's sales. But being efficient, I mean, this is cost control. This is uh, uh, this is where the value is really created. That's a different skill set. But then. The, uh, as a mentor of mine said, the goal is not to get rich, it's to stay rich. <laughs> yes. You know, nobody wants uh, to make a million in profit for one year only in the company mm. implodes. And the skills of uh, building wealth uh, uh, is uh, different yet again. Mm. So I, I, I'm constantly encouraging, uh, what was it, David? Yeah, David. Uh, uh, to, to, to think, David, in those three areas. You're probably driving revenue. I get from the tone of the message. It's okay, You're making. I'm assuming you're making profit, what do you do with that? For me, and this is just my personality type, um, I see business as high risk. I'm trying to de-risk it, but I'm taking as much of that money off the table as I can. So on a personal level, all my wealth is in uh, very boring uh, investments. Stocks and shares, bonds, um, uh, and property. And I'm a big fan of Ray Dalio. Uh, All Weather Fund, Uh, so uh, it it was Tony Robbins' book, not the last one, the one before, Money Master the Game, great chapter in it with Ray Dalio about asset allocation, which fundamentally means how do you build a financial fortress? How do you diversify your wealth so it can compound over time, but in a way that it's not high risk? And most business owners, uh, David, um, are extremely high risk, all their wealth's in their business, and they set themselves up for a fall. Because even though you've got a limited company, la la la, when the company goes down emotionally, we get attached, we pour all our money into it, and then we end up in a world of trouble. Diversification is key, Um, so the way I view it, more succinctly, is your business creates the income, and then it's your personal investments that create the wealth. Cool, love it, so my set again. Uh, I think it's key. Ongoing yeah. development in those three areas. Yeah. Always.
0: Okay, cool. Next one coming in is, uh, Dan, you've been around and interviewed many successful business owners. What would you say they all have in common? What's yeah. the What's the secret sauce from Amanda?
1: Yeah, it, um, it, it's a great question. And um, uh, I... Uh, 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 First of all, quote uh, a good quote. Um, When when I saw this question, I I pulled up the quote because it's brilliant. I'm a big fan of Warren Buffett, as listeners to this podcast will know. Any man that can still be worth sixty plus billion, having given away fifty billion, um, uh, having made it from scratch, um, uh, is well worth uh, listening to. Um, And uh, but his business partner, Charlie Munger. Mm -hmm. Um, is also a self-made billionaire, one of the richest people in the world, and he's got some great quotes. And this quote is from Poor Charlie's Almanac, which is a really hard book to get hold of. You get used copies on Amazon, eBay, cost upwards of £100 a throw, but it's if you can get your hands on one, it's well worth it. the library. Yeah, it's one in my library, yeah, (laughs) indeed. Uh, um, So uh, the quote is this. In my whole life, I have known no wise people who didn't read all the time. None. Zero. You'd be amazed at how much Warren Buffett reads. You'd be amazed at how much I read. My children laugh at me. They think I'm a book with a couple of legs sticking out. And when I hear that quote and when I think about it, it's true. When I think of the people, um, I mean, it's an oversimplification uh, for, I think it was Amanda, Um, it was an oversimplification, Amanda, but if I tried to get it down to one thing, um, it's their ability to learn. If I'm great, the thing I'm, one of the things I'm most grateful for my parents for is the fact that they instilled in me a desire, and appetite for learning. And they're all students. Now, often prolific readers, but if you learn by different mechanisms, mm-hmm. you know, whether you listen to audiobooks, which which is still reading, or podcasts, or, you know, you do courses, or all of the above. I think that's a common denominator. If you look at the top, 10 wealthiest people in the world, with the exception of one person, nine of those 10 are still in their businesses, yep. and they're still innovating, right? So you want to talk about Jeff Bezos, you want to talk, right, yeah, yeah, Warren Buffett, they're operating the business, but they're constantly evolving. Yeah. So you might be wondering now who's the 10th. For example, And, yeah, uh, cool. uh, uh, and the 10th is uh, uh, Bill Gates. Um, I don't know, have to dismiss that, end. Um. Uh, is uh, Bill Gates, and anybody that becomes the richest person in the world, uh, and he's still learning. Great documentary on this, if you look in, uh, what's it called? Inside Bill's Brain, documentary on Netflix. Fantastic. He's still an absolute student, even though he's not in Microsoft anymore. He's still an absolute student, and some might say he's going to make more wealth from the, his uh, energy-related yeah. uh, uh, second phase of his life, his encore career, Post Microsoft, than he did in his in his career. <laughs> so, uh, look, I think you've got to be an absolute student of studying. Another good example of this. I am, um, in fact, uh, some of these books. Now, oh. <laughs> oh. I was on camera as well, which is doubly embarrassing. Um, so, J. Abraham. So they call him the six billion dollar man for the documented gains that he helped his clients to get. The point is, J. Abraham is is internationally renowned as a top marketing mind. And I got a chance to uh, work with him, be mentored by him. So I've read his books and done some of his courses. I got a chance to work with him personally a few years ago and get mentored by him. And when I first met Jay, uh, it was in a hotel in London, and for the first few hours, I didn't get to see, I got bombarded with questions, constantly. And I was like, okay. when are we gonna get to the advice? When are we gonna get to the advice? And we did eventually get to the advice, and it was tremendously valuable and ha- uh, uh, helpful. But uh, I eventually figured it out. I said, Jay, why do you do it? Because I then subsequently saw him do it with other people as well. And he said, there's not a single person that I've met that I can't learn something from. I said, well, but Jay, you've done so much. And he said, yeah. well, he goes, they're not always success stories. <laughs> he goes, if I can figure out what they've done that's not works what uh, to avoid, the, the, everybody's done something that I haven't done, uh, nuances, all great detail, it might even just reinforce points, I already know, but, he goes, but you've always got his, and it was just clear that his mind is an average student, and that's mm. why he still sees himself as a student of marketing, why he's one of the world's leading authorities on marketing for small business. Wow, there you go,
0: that's my piece. Right. Sometimes the biggest wins are the losses avoided.
1: Indeed, yeah. So uh, um, how can you learn vicariously through others? Yeah. Again, that's a value of great mentors, or again, I'm in favour of masterminds. Or um, requisite variety, i.e. the person with the most flexibility controls the system. The more ways you've got to solve a problem, uh, the more likely you are to win. So if you can learn different strategies from other people, or um, true innovation comes from outside of your industry... Um, and it can just apply then brought into your industry, that's helpful. Um, and different ways of solving the problem. There's more than one way to skin a cat. Yeah,
0: and you avoid the pain in the first place. Indeed,
1: especially if you're the cat. Uh, and a, <laughs> a, a, a skin, a skin the cat, but um, yeah, uh, you, if you can avoid the losses, right? Most people, if they can rewind their business career, and you say you can undo any three decisions you've made in the last 10 years, most yeah. people could, would look back and go, holy crap, I'd have a, a lot more money now, yeah. right? So the fact is, if you want to build wealth, I'm in favor of doing things to grow quicker, but actually, it, it's stopping doing the stupid shit, yeah. right? Warren Buffett quote, two rules of investing. Number one, don't lose money. Rule number two, refer to rule <laughs> number one, right? Mm. So um, so you've got to be constantly, constantly learning.
0: Brilliant, love it. Um, last, next question, sorry comes in from Jessica. Um, In your opinion, what effect will Brexit have on small business?
1: So, before we get down the political (laughs) train wreck that is Brexit, um, I'm not gonna comment on Brexit specifically, but just look back into history at times of significant change, okay? Notice what goes on in your mind when I give you these examples. Number one, uh, 99 I think it was, the dot-com crash. Stock market crash, recessions uh, all all over the world, Uh, uh, people thought the world was ending. Now, as you're reflecting on this in your mind now, you go, ah, it wasn't that big a deal. At the time, it was all over the place, it was carnage. You could say the same is true with September the 11th uh, in the US. It's like people thought the world was ending, right? Um, uh, Another example, uh, 2008, the kind of global financial crisis. Markets crashing, uh, Lehman Brothers going down, you know, uh, total carnage. Um, uh, More recently, uh, in a micro example for small business, the most recent panic that I remember, uh, that everybody will remember, but just remember back how bad it was in terms of how fearful people got GDPR. Yes. It was only a couple of years ago, and small business was in a panic. Oh my god! It was going to be complex. We're not Mm -hmm. going to be able to do any outbound marketing. Lose all the database. Going to lose our database. Yeah. And and in reality, what happened? Very little. Just had
0: extra forms for them. For 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 most
1: businesses, that's exactly it. Except if anything, now it's just annoyance. Every website you go to ever, you've got to approve cookies, right? But but I'm not trying to demean. People that were did lose businesses, et cetera, in the global financial crisis, etcetera, etcetera. I'm not trying to demean that. What I'm trying to say is, the market tends to overreact. So, are there some businesses that are import/export which it, ha- it could have huge catastrophic impact? Yes. Generally, when there's that much change, if you're ahead of it, if you're thinking advanced, if you move quicker than the rest of the market, the competitors, it can be a significant competitive advantage. Yeah. A variety of our clients use GDPR and the hassle of GDPR to absolutely nailing and being on top of it to get more business, more market share. But big picture, uh, and I've got a person's name, Jessica. Uh, big picture, Jessica, uh, is that um, it's going to be fine. Uh, like It's almost if you spent more time focusing on the core fundamentals of your business and adding value, in all probability, uh, it's it's something outside of your control. I mean, yes, vote, etc. But fundamentally, it's outside of your control. Just focus on the core dri- drivers. I wouldn't worry about it unless it's very industry-specific for you, in which case, great, you need to be all in and getting the advice and use it to your advantage.
0: Well, also comes back to one of the mastermind meetings, wasn't it? It's also about keeping cash reserves, isn't
1: it? Uh, yes, I, uh, I mean, risk mitigation, right? You go back to the BPM scorecard, which go, go and get your BPM scorecard. Turnover is vanity, profit is sanity, cash and cash flow, cash is king. Right? So most businesses are undercapitalized um and they've not got they can't withstand the knocks. Yes. Right? Think about it a different way, use a sporting metaphor. Uh uh, best way to win a game is not to concede gold. Right? As in don't lose. If you don't lose you're winning. Mm -hmm. You're most of the way there. So best offence is a strong defence. And a defensive element in business is having the cash reserves. That doesn't mean don't invest, but if you over-invest uh, and leave yourselves exposed, then you're what cruising a for a bruising. So, uh, and if you want to know more about that and about risk mitigation and ways to make your business more bulletproof, with the probably in the not too distant uh, future, there'll be another recession. Well, there will be another recession. It's just a question of when. Mm-hmm. Uh, go and get your BPM scorecard. We'll leave links around wherever you're watching or listening to this.
0: Awesome. Cool. Uh, next question. I'm a single man in my early thirties and my PA is smoking hot. She's been flirting with me a lot recently. Um, and I want to ask her out. So how can I ask her out without it getting into legal trouble or screwing up my business? I um, for, I, PS, I, I, I only have three employees total. So, uh, it's not some big corporation.
1: Okay. So, so uh, I like the fact that in the background you might've heard, uh, my assistant, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, burst out into laughter at this. Um, uh, Look, um, uh, David, I, I uh, <laughs> let me try and hit it head on, right? <laughs> so, um, there's a, uh, another of my one of my early podcasts was with a long-standing friend and mentor Michael Keith Cunningham, and I think the podcast is called "Businesses in ne- Intellectual Sport." Okay, um, I think um, business is like intellectual chess, um, and I. I when emotions get involved, it doesn't end well, right? If there's an intense emotional reaction, it, it, it doesn't leave for an optimal uh, result. Said differently or more bluntly, don't sleep with your business partners. Uh, you know, I don't want to be beholden to a business decision dictates whether or not I get to have sex tonight or not. I d- I do not. I don't think that's advantageous. Um, you know, I, I think uh, so. Keith said to me one time, he wasn't actually aiming at me, we were just having a, con- a conversation no. about the uh, topic. If you want excitement, go throw yourself out on a plane, <laughs> go bungee jumping, go right. But he's like, yeah. Look, it, it, getting rich is boring, right? So, look, there is not a single thing in this question that I like the sound of. Um, uh, uh, I, I'm not going to give I'm Definitely not going to give relationship advice, and um, I'm also not going to give you the HR advice because I don't have enough of the details. But if you want to date this girl, great. Uh, let her go, get a job. Uh, let her get a job elsewhere, and then date her. Right? But if you dip your pen in the company ink, you're asking for trouble. I strongly suspect by the question. I'm hoping that it wasn't suspected that I, I might be able to give somehow <laughs> an, uh, an, uh, an advantage. Um, uh, no, you can't win this game. Don't play the game. I, unfortunately, I suspect you've already made up your mind, David. You're going to do what you want to do. But I wouldn't touch it with a 12-foot barge ball.
0: Lose, lose. Indeed. Right, moving on to our final question. Really nice short one. Is email marketing still effective?
1: Uh, great, yeah. Um, so, I've got a client, a guy called Paul, who, um, uh, Paul, when we started working together... He already had one business. He had another business that we were working on that was mid six-figure revenues. Now, a couple of years later, I don't know, we're two, three years later, he's mm. well into seven-figure profits. Um, treme- grown tremendously well, tremendously successful. He's extremely smart. He's one of the best marketers I know. Um, he's conservative. He manages the business well. Strong cash reserves, the previous question. Strong balance sheet. Very good. And because he's such a good marketer, people go, oh, my God, how, how, do, how do I do this? And I'm paraphrasing him slightly here, uh, but uh, he says it's nothing to do with the platform. It's all to do with the narrative is, I think, his word. Said a different way. It's about the content. So, yes, for him, email marketing is a key component part that does really well. But he also does all the social media platforms. He also does uh, write books. And all this drives business to him. And he says, but when he looks at it. It's not about oh, it came via email or it came via direct mail or it came via God, I was going to say fax and what's the new one? What is that? Yeah, no. What's the what's the new one? What are my children? TikTok. Oh TikTok. my word.
0: Yeah, you're showing right. Your
1: oh God. <laughs> right, but it's not about the platform. Rarely is that a sustainable advantage. It's actually about the narrative about the content. So he goes when he when he gets all these sales really easily is because he's been so prolific in content over years yeah. and the and the potential clients have consume that content and they see the value. So the blunt answer to the question is the email fact to me marketing still effective? Absolutely hands down yes mm-hmm. but that's not the main driver. If it's not working, you're probably not going to be able to get it working by sending more emails now. It's a bigger question about yeah. how are you adding, delivering, representing delivering value to the marketplace. That's a more important question.
0: Just more about the content than the actual way it's sent. Correct. Adding value to that client. It's
1: more about the content or more about the narrative than about the platform. I love That's it. Probably a topic for another time.
0: Brilliant. Let's let's put it for another script. Good. Uh, so as a
1: reminder, uh, oh yes, yeah, so what I've got to do. I was prompted by our team internally here. So comment below this video. So if you're whether you're on YouTube or on the podcast, uh, comment around where you're consuming this content. Let us know what you think. Uh, by all means, ping us an email. Uh, on Twitter, the hashtag is uh, Bradbury. Um, uh, uh Like this video, subscribe, etc. We do this based on you. The feedback's been tremendously strong and positive, but uh, we're doing our best to get the uh, all the questions in. We've got a big, long list of questions to come up in future episodes, but um, if you've got a good question, we'll, we'll, we'll pop it to the top of the that. So that's all for now. See you next time.